0: The sermon that I'm about to give, I think it's going to seem sort of normal to most of you, but that, that doesn't mean that it's normal because I actually did some different things today while writing it, or this week while writing it. For, for one thing, I, I wrote it in Arenda. Now, normally when I look for a coffee shop, I, I, I feel drawn to the, you know, to the city, to the you know preferably sort of gritty, sort of, I, I don't know, the kind of hipster coffee shops, right? Instead, this time I went to Arinda. I actually saw David and May there. And I wanted, because I, I went there because I wanted... There's a coffee shop in Orinda. Um, it's, it's near the library. It's actually underneath the library. And it's surrounded by really wonderful art. And I wanted to write the sermon surrounded by art. But before I got to that, to that coffee shop and, and sat outside surrounded by art to write, I, I did something that I've, I don't think I've ever done before. While preparing for a sermon, and that is that I I, I went to a li- uh, to a, a museum to prepare for this sermon uh, to do some research and ordinarily when I I study I, I research sermons I, I study books or I look up things online and I, I've used movies before I've watched films before writing sermons uh, and I've certainly used art before but usually. If I reference a bit of art in a sermon, it's art that I found in a book or online. But this week was different. This week, I wanted uh, to go to the Oakland Museum of California to see the exhibition of art from Burning Man. And I wanted to do this because I wanted to be reminded of how important art is, even when the world seems to be falling apart around us. Now, I don't know if the world is actually falling apart around us exactly, but, but for me personally, and, and, and I think for California and for the United States and for the world, this has been a crazy week. It's, it's been a week when it, it kinda feels like a good idea to reject any activity that might not seem entirely essential. You know how it has been, right? The House of Representatives is getting ready to impeach the President of the United States. And that's something that seems important to me, I would say even addictively important to me. <laughs> there's, a, there's a part of me that feels like I need to be watching or listening to the hearings that I should be ta- talking about impeachment with my friends in person and online. And I should be doing this non-stop. <laughs> After all, history is being made. Five generations from now, high school students will have to memorize names like Marie Ivanovitch for their American <laughs> history finals. Meanwhile, as everybody's talking about impeachment and maybe not paying close attention to anything else, The president of Bolivia has gone into exile in Mexico. Protests are ongoing in Hong Kong. Our president met with the president of Turkey, who's an autocrat, who's just invaded a neighboring country there ethnically to cleanse Kurds from the bits of Syria that border Turkey. Then on Thursday, there was another shooting in an American high school, this time in Southern California. In Santa Clarita. I have a cousin who lives in Santa Clarita. And my cousin has a high school aged son. This shooting. Hit awfully close to home for me. And on another personal note. On Tuesday my father-in-law passed away. So. Crazy week. I would even say that for our world and. For our country for our state and for me personally and maybe for you also this has been an apocalyptic week and i say that because passages like the one that leslie read to us just now are passages that biblical scholars call apocalyptic literature that's sort of a, a ten dollar seminary word but there you have it. apocalyptic literature and, and 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 these passages are meant poetically to describe the unpredictable, often violent world that humans inhabit. A little more than 200 years ago, Christians, especially in America, began in earnest using the Bible's apocalyptic passages to try to guess what will happen in the future. But originally, this, this particular form of writing, which is found in both of the Christian Testaments and, uh, and in other ancient writings as well, this apocalyptic literature was meant to, to use mythic and poetic language to describe the current suffering and the eventual triumph of oppressed people. And while I, I cannot say we've yet experienced the great triumph of the oppressed, we've yet to see the long arc of the moral universe bend towards justice. Most of us can read the morning paper or reflect on the living of our own lives and we can see how apocalyptic images kind of makes sense. If we think about it poetically and mythically, you know, nation rising up against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes, famines, plagues, portents in the heavens, oppression. That's us these days, as far as I can tell, at least poetically, at least mythically. And in days days such as these, Is there any time for the work of art in the world as we know it? Does the creation of beauty have a place? The pursuit of joy? Well, that's why I wanted to go see the Burning Man exhibit. I wanted to see whimsical vehicles and imaginative costumes. At the exhibit, I don't know if any of you have been to that exhibit, but there's these bizarre mushrooms that are like 10 or feet tall or more, and they just kind of expand and contract. They're made of paper or something. I didn't know I needed to see that, but it turns out that I did need to see that. Just like I needed to see a really cool portable movie theater that they had in there. Now, in some ways, the the Burning Man art is, it is political, or or at least it's ideological in a way that is countercultural, that speaks prophetically to our moment in history burning man has an ethic that involves things like generosity and inclusion and radical self-expression these are values we need to spread abroad for sure and the most important thing i did at the museum was to visit uh, a burning man temple that has been erected on the the roof of the of the of the museum and it's something you should go see you don't even have to pay to see the temple you can just go in Um, when you go to the temple when i went to the temple i was given the opportunity to reflect and to grieve as needed. And it was needed because my father-in-law passed away this week. And so the art itself wasn't exactly removed from the world. But still the art forces us to, to ask the question. Given everything that's going on. Do we have the luxury to engage in artistic pursuits? Even if it's meaningful art whatever that means, but even if it's meaningful art, do we have time for that, given what's going on in the world? This, by the way, is probably something you should ask even if you don't consider yourself to be an artist. You could answer my question, and I could say, do we have time for art? You could say, well, I don't know, I'm not an artist, I don't even like art. (laughs) But I'm, I'm not gonna let you off so easily because all of us engage in activities that bring us happiness and that some people might find frivolous and if you don't engage in such behavior you really should even if it's just enjoying a nice dessert or going out for a walk or or putting on some good music on the stereo i believe such behavior is essential to the leading of a good life but do we have time for it you know children are still being separated from their parents and imprisoned along the the U.S.-Mexico border, right? You still can't drink the water in Flint, Michigan. The homeless population in the Bay Area certainly isn't getting any smaller. Is now a time to learn to play the trumpet? Is now a time to, to write poetry? Or make the kind of art that would be at home on the Burning Man Playa? Well, to answer that question, I want to turn to two English mid-20th century Christian thinkers, both Oxford-educated literary critics who wrote novels and dabbled in theology. One is C.S. Lewis and the other is Dorothy Sayers. As the Second World War broke out, C.S. Lewis delivered a radio address in which he tackled a question that was bothering his community, and his community would have been the, 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 the university community at Oxford. And the question that was bothering them is whether or not it was okay to be engaged in scholarship while their country, and indeed the, the whole continent of Europe, was at war. Now, C.S. Lewis wasn't a pacifist. I actually talked about that last Sunday in my sermon. but, But he pointed out that while there was a certain urgency to life when your country and your continent are at war, but when there's a war going on, things haven't really changed much in the human condition, at least not in the grand scheme of things, because there's always a war going on somewhere. There's always political and personal strife, there's always an apocalypse happening, right? And if you, if you wait until every war is ended and all strife brought to a happy conclusion before you start to study, then there would be no scholarship ever because the world is never a perfect place. So if you believe that scholarship adds something to the value of human communities, C.S. Lewis said, then you should start studying now even while the world is at war. Because if you wait, you'll never get started. And I think that something similar can be said for the work of art. There may be an apocalypse going on, but we can't wait until the world is at peace before we create art. We can't wait until folks in Washington get the politics of America figured out. We can't wait until the United States stops making stupid and dangerous decisions in our foreign policy. We can't wait until sensible gun laws are passed and enforced. We can't wait until every person in Oakland lives in a warm and safe dwelling place. If we believe that the creation of and the enjoyment of art improves our communities, if we believe creative expression adds to the value of human life, then we just have to get started. I'm not saying we should ignore political issues or social issues of global peace or stability. We should work for a just solution to homelessness and any other number of issues. But we also should engage in creative expression. We should make music. We should dance. We should cook wonderful meals. We should knit. We should garden. Dearly beloved, joy cannot wait. And we should do all this, not just because it's good for the world. We should engage in, in creativity because it is spiritually important. And here's where the work of Dorothy Sayers comes in. And I, and I think I've, I've told you this before from the pulpit. In fact, I know I have. But Dorothy Sayers was of the, was of the opinion that we should be creative because God is creative. In the first chapter of genesis which tells the bible's first creation story god is presented as a creator an artist a maker and humans are described as being made in the image of god which means according to dorothy sayers and i think she's right that when we are creative we are giving expression to the image of God in which we have been made. We are being being human. When When we engage in the creative process, either as creators or as enjoyers of art, when we do this, we are being human in the very best sense of what it means to be human. By the way, for Sayers, this God image creativity was not limited to what we consider traditional artists. As far as Sayers was concerned, and I agree with her, everyone needs to be creative. Now, Dorothy Sayers described how a carpenter who made a bad table was violating the image of God. And I'd say that a plumber who doesn't honor the image of God in her by creating beauty with plumbing will end up installing toilets that don't flush. And who wants that? Or who wants a lawyer who doesn't think creatively about the law, or or a shopkeeper who doesn't employ creativity in thinking about what to sell? When the image of God is alive in us, when it's manifested in our work, we are doing nothing less than making life livable for ourselves and for our communities. And that's important if we're, if we're making abstract art and it's important if we're changing the spark plugs on a Honda Civic. We need to engage our work creatively and thoughtfully. And we need to engage our work in such a way that we give expression to the image of God that is within us. And we can't wait for politicians or warmongers to work things out. <laughs> Nor can we wait until every sadness in our lives is resolved we need to start now we need to start now right in the middle of the apocalypse we need to make the world more beautiful we need to make the world more livable and more filled with evidence that we have been giving expression to the image of God in which we are made regardless of our art regardless of our occupation. There's an apocalypse going on out there. There's always an apocalypse. And the apocalypse needs artists. The apocalypse needs you, and the apocalypse needs me. So let's get to work. Amen. (laughs)